guys doing? It is good to be back here in ICF Zurich. All good? Hey, give an applause to the worship teams. They've been doing great. Do you know that they started early in the morning? They were here at 6 o'clock, I think, in the morning doing check sound. And uh, I don't know how they still can do that. Probably, probably Red Bull is their secret, probably, or Indomie. All right. It's good to be back again. Uh, thank you for having us. Uh, just want to say a quick thank you to all the leadership here in ICF. Uh, good to see our, my friend Nick and Dave and all the other friends uh, who we've known for years now already. And also want to thank you for sending the, your pastor and the worship team uh, going to Indonesia earlier this year. And we are so blessed by them. Uh, so, yeah. And how good is the, the Giant Fall uh, song? Is, uh, I believe that everything, every time they get together, the ICF worship team and JPCC, they can come up with something a song, new song, and I pray that tomorrow as they get together again, they will write another song, one or two songs that will bless not only your church, not only my church, but also all the churches around the world. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Well, uh, I'm going to share something different than what I share uh, the first two services this morning, and if you are interested in uh, listening to uh, that message is called the game of comparison. Uh, I don't know how you can get it, but I believe uh, podcasts, I believe that you can listen to it. Uh, but now I want to share something that is uh, revealed to me in the early years of um, me building JPCC, building our church. So it is something that very uh, dear to my heart. It is This revelation is what keeps me going and this is why we do what we do back home and I believe that this message will help you and will encourage you in any ways. Let us pray to the Lord uh, first in prayer. Thank you Lord for the opportunity that we get to get together to worship you and now we want to listen to your word. I pray that you anoint your servant and all of us who sit to listen to it, I pray that you will bless them so that we have the wisdom that we need so that as we go back home, we know which direction that we need to take, what decision that we need to make so that our life glorifying your name and we uh, be a blessing for others. In the name of Jesus, we pray and everybody say, Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. How many of you love the Word of God? Any one of you love the Word of God? I love the Word of God. And I believe that the Word of God doesn't change your situation. I believe the Word of God doesn't change your problems. But what I believe is that the Word of God will change your perspective. And as your perspective change, you begin to see your problem, you begin to see your challenges, you begin to see your situation not from man's point of view, 
but you begin to see your problem from God's point of view. So as, as you lift up yourself, if, if, if you understand the Word of God and uh, you will see your circumstance from God's point of view, which is higher than man's point of view, then faith begins to arise from within you. And with faith, you can do anything. With faith, nothing is impossible. All right? So Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 Jesus said, therefore, anyone who hears this word of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not Put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Well, I have two chairs here with me. I want to uh, step it up a little bit and wants to uh, be like Leo Bigger and using some props, you know. Uh, all right. I know. I'm. Uh, I. I see. I'm sorry. I have to step up my game. So, Jesus gave us this parable. All right. So he calls the one who built on the solid ground as wise, and he called the one who built uh, the house on sand. As a fool, well, let's suppose this is A, is the one who built their house on solid ground, and this is B, the one who built the house on sand. So this is A on solid ground, and this is B on sand. What would you think Jesus wants us to do? To build our house like A or like B? Huh? Talk back to me. What is in Jesus' mind when he said this parable to us? He wants us to live like A or like B? A. Everyone's agree? Yes. Good. 100 for you. <laughs> well, you need to know and you need to be aware that building on the rock takes more time. Takes planning requires more energy, takes more money, you know. And easier to build your house on the sand. It's cheaper, it's faster, it doesn't take so much energy, so much uh, time. But Jesus wants us to build our house on solid ground. Are you agree? Yes. Yes. So if you are thinking that following Jesus is slow and hard, you are absolutely right. It is hard. It is slow. Because you are building your life on a solid ground. It is not easy. You choose to have a stronger foundation in life. Now, it could be while you are still working on your foundation... 
your friends who build their lives on sand are already enjoying their life. They're, they're already enjoying their house. They're already enjoying their career. They're already enjoying their marriages. They're, only, they're, they're already having lots of fun. And they might be laughing at you and look down on you and saying how silly you are. Why you waste so much time and so much effort, so much energy and so much money on foundation anyway? Who would see your foundation? Because foundation is not seen. The foundation of this building is not seen, right? Foundation is not seen. And why would you waste so much time and energy and money and building something that is not seen? What would, who, nobody would notice anyway. Nobody would notice the difference anyway. Why bother? And you might think in asking yourself, am I doing the right thing? Why this is so slow? Why this is so hard? When would I be successful? Would I be able to enjoy my life? Why following Jesus is so hard? Why is it so complicated? It's like driving on the road less travel. And why is that? Let me tell you this. Don't worry about anything. You are doing the right thing. They seems to have an early start, but don't worry. You will catch them later on. You will catch them later on. Don't worry about it. Why? Because Jesus knows that in life, in reality, everyone will face problems. Everyone will have challenges. The rain, the wind, the flood, it will come. And they don't care whether you are Christians or not. And they don't even care who you are. They come whether you like it or not. They will come unexpected. They come without warning. <laughs> All right? And in life, you will find those challenges. In life, you will find crisis. In life, you will face storm. You don't need to invite them. Whether it is in your relationship, in your finance, in your business, in your marriage, in your career, and even in the ministry, you will find trouble. You don't have to invite them. They will come and see you. All right? You know, but crisis or challenges or storm, whatever it is that you want to call them, they come to reveal your strength. They come to reveal your limitation. When crisis comes, you need to ask these questions. What areas in my life that I need to change? Or needed to be strengthened. Or needed to be restored. And if you have the right perspective, again, it's all about perspective. If you have the right perspective, you know it doesn't come to diminish you. But it comes to move you into another level. When crisis hits, if you build your life on sand, you will crash. When the wind blew. When the rains come, the flight came, 
if you build your life on sand, you will crash, the Bible says. But if you build your life upon solid rock, you will stand. You will stand in the middle of storm. If you crash, you cannot go on with your life as usual. If you crash, you need to pause. You need to stop. You need to seek help. You need to rebuild your life again. But if you are building your life on solid ground, you're still standing. You can go on with your life. Didn't I tell you that you catch them, catch them up later on? So don't worry about anything. You know, if you crash, you cannot go on with your life. But if you're still standing in the middle of the storm, you still can go on. In this parable, let me ask you this. In this parable, which one of these needs help the most? A or B? B. Which one needs to be restored? B. If we are talking about miracle, which one needs the miracle the most? B. B needs the miracle. Well, thank God that our God is a God of a miracle. He can still do miracle, right? But B now wanting a miracle, needs a miracle, and God can perform miracles for B. But this kind of miracle, the miracle that B needs called a miracle of restoration. Because he, this needs to be restored back into the original position. This miracle calls restoration miracle. If you crash, you need to be restored. But this kind of miracle has a requirement attached to it. If you want to get it. And what is the requirement? Simple. You need to be crashed in order for you. This is just to wake someone else. Wake someone up. I'm helping you not to fall asleep. But if, if, if you crash, then you need to be restored. You need a miracle. You need a miracle of restoration. The miracle of restoration has a requirement attached to it, which is you, you need to be crashed in order to be rebuilt. You need to be lack of something in order for you to have a miracle. You need to be broken. In order to be fixed. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Churches promote this kind of miracle so often. And they should promote this kind of miracle. Because Jesus is still doing the miracle of restoration. Jesus is still healing the sick. Jesus is still restoring marriages. Jesus is still canceling death. I just, we were in Bremen last week and I heard the story of the pastor who pastored that church. He said, my wife's supposed to be dead already. 
because she had cancer stage four. That cancer has already taken over almost all of her body. But then someone named Reinhard Bonke came in and prayed for my wife, he said. And my wife got healed completely and she lived until now. Isn't that God great? I said, wow. Now my wife is still live, cancer free and serving God with me, he said. I said, God is wonderful. God is great. He still do miracle. Right? But there's another kind of miracle that I, that I want you to know, that I want to introduce to you. But we seldom promote this kind of miracle. We like to promote this kind of miracle. But before that, let me tell you a story. One day, a man of God, a very well-known man of God, came from America. He conducted a revival meeting in my city. And many believe that he has gift of prophecy. And that he has a special, a special word from the Lord to the business people. Because at that time, it was during the time that we experienced the global economic crisis. So I was given invitation, and the committee expected me to bring a handful of our business people to the meeting. Because this meeting is going to be special for the business people. So I came with a few of business people from our church, and we were all sitting around two tables, you know. And after the sermon, this man gave an altar call. And he is inviting people to come forward, especially those who need a miracle in their finances, especially who are in debt and lack in finance and need God to help them to restore their finances. And many came forward. And you know, if you know anything about a preacher doing an altar call, he always says, close your eyes, you know, so that he doesn't want people to know who's coming forward. So he asked for us to close our eyes. So I closed my eyes. And then I began to hear people start to stand up and then move forward to receive the altar call, to get prayed for. <laughs> and then I take a peek. <laughs> and everybody is still sitting on their seats. And I look at another table where all my friends sitting, still everybody is still on their on, on, on their seats. And I quickly asked my friend, a businessman, sit next to me. And I said, why don't you go <laughs> and to be prayed for? He says, did you hear the invitation? I said, yes. 
He said, it's for someone who are in debt and got hit by a financial crisis. I said, yes, but I don't have any debt. <laughs> and my business is running good. I said, wow, praise the Lord. Yes, you don't need to come forward. Just sit here next to me. He said, that's why I'm not going, he said. So I go to my other friend on the left side. I said, why don't you go forward? I said, don't you hear the invitation? I, I hear it very clearly. Yes, I don't have any debt. He said, my business is doing great. I said, wow, good on you. I said, and I start to listen to everybody's comment. And they are all having the same good times during the global economic crisis that they they are they have no debt whatsoever and that their businesses are, are going well so all of them doesn't need to come up and to get prayed for and as their pastor i was so proud of them i said good on you guys you actually don't need to come here to the to the revival meeting because you don't need to be prayed for. You don't need the miracle of restoration. But it is so obvious though, because from all the tables that were available, only those two tables were, that we are sitting on are the ones who are still full. Nobody came forward. And you should see the eyes of the committees looking at us in their mind. They are thinking, this table are full with hard-headed people who doesn't want to respond to God's word and God's invitation. But the problem is not that they, are, they don't want to respond, but the problem is that before all the others need to get the miracle of restoration, they already got their miracles. They already got their miracles. This is what I call the miracle of escape. They escape from the crisis. They stand in the middle of the storm because they build their businesses on solid foundation. So while the rest are waiting for the miracles to happen, this group of people already got their miracles. But as church, we don't promote this kind of miracle that much. Because this miracle, this kind of miracle is less spectacular. It's not fancy at all. But I want you to know that this kind of miracle is available. This kind of is a miracle is the, the miracle that I want. And I hope that you want this kind of miracle too. Because Jesus in this parable wants us to live like this and not like that. David, King David talked about this miracle. Are you ready? Psalm 91 verse 7. It says, who 
it says, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will never come near you. There's a miracle of escape. Can you imagine 1,000 fall at your side? 10,000. Oh, that's a lot of people. 10,000 fall at the other side. But you're still standing? That's wow. That's real wow, people. That's well, wow. Wow. It will not come near you. He said, there's a miracle of escape. But you can only experience this kind of miracle if you build your life on solid rock. And this kind of miracle is not, it's not popular because it's not fancy. It's not spectacular. But Jesus actually wants us to live in this kind of miracle. That's why he gave us his word. That's why he teaches us how to live better life. He expects us to obey his words. Because when you obey his word, you're building your life on solid rock. Let me give you another example. In Mark, in Mark the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 7. You will see a story when Jesus called his 12 disciples together and began to send them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. So Jesus gave them authority, gave them power, sent them two by two to minister among people to cast out devils from their lives. And they went, their ministry are very effective and successful. And after doing their ministry, they came back to Jesus to report to the master. And we can find this in Mark chapter 6, verse 30 to 31. It says, the apostle returned to Jesus from their ministry and told him all they had done and thought. Then Jesus said, let's go off by yourself to a quiet place and rest a while. It seems like Jesus did not want to hear the report. It seems like Jesus did not amuse or excited with the thing that they have done. Because Jesus did not respond anything. He just said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. And why is that? When I read this, when I read this, I question why he did not give any response to the report of their disciples. But immediately he said, let's go to a quiet place and rest a while. And as I read further, he said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus 
that his apostle didn't even have time to eat. And you know what happened? And you know what happened? See, then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. And he said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. And you know what happened if you don't have time to eat, don't you? You know what happened if you don't have enough sleep and if you don't have enough rest. You know what happened, don't you? Your life will be in balance and you will get sick. It is, isn't that amazing? While Jesus is the miracle worker, that he can heal the sick easily, but he doesn't want his disciples to get sick. Isn't that amazing to think about it? He didn't, he didn't say this. He didn't say, oh, you see many people coming still? They need to be ministered. Just do it. You don't need to rest. Just do it. Don't worry. If you get sick, just come to me. I healed you just like that. But he didn't say that. Instead, he said, you need to eat, man. You need to get some rest. We need to find a quiet place where you can rest, where you can sleep, where you can eat. Wow. When I understand this parable, I said to God, I want to build this kind of life. I want to build this kind of church. Because even though we see Jesus healing many people who got sick, but I never once read that he healed his own disciple from sickness. Yeah. Even though all his disciples see the miracles that Jesus performs, never once they said, who I wish I could experience that miracle. No. They don't wish to be in that situation because if you want that kind of miracle, you need to be crashed first. You need to be broken. You need to be sick first. You need to be lack of anything. Wow. A life that stands on solid rock. But to build this kind of life, you need to have this mindset though. That Prevention is better than to cure. Do you know that in life we only have two options? Do you want to pay in advance or do you want to pay it later? We only have two options, right? Do you want to pay it now or do you want to pay it later? But in reality, usually, usually you will get discount if you pay in advance. But if you want to pay later, you pay with interest. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. You got to choose. That's why if, if you want to get married, to get married in, in, in our church, you need to go through some 
teaching, some lessons. You need to go to, through some steps. We don't marry couple easily because we want them to have a solid rock foundation kind of marriage. It's harder. That's why they said, why, why, you, make us, why, you, why you make it hard? For us to get married. I said, I don't make it hard. I try and, I, we are trying to help you. Because I don't like to see you after you got married. Because if you crash, you come and wanted to see me for counseling. You need to be prayed for. And you need my time. And you know what? The energy that I need to fix you is more draining. But when, I, when, when the energy that I need to help you prepare yourself is less than the energy that I need to fix you. And you know that if I have to help counsel people who are, or marriage couple who are in trouble, the atmosphere is unpleasant. But in this preparation, the atmosphere was so good because they are in love. <laughs> so let me help you prepare your marriage because in marriage, you will have problem. In marriage, you will find crisis. In marriage, you will find challenges. But if you build your marriage on solid rock, you can still stand while the others crash. Well, the others can marry easily. They can probably enjoy their life quicker than you. But don't worry, you will catch them up later. And I strongly believe, I strongly believe that if we as a church live this kind of miracle, the miracle of escape, that we will get the world's attention. Because when hardship comes, when storm comes, when crisis hits, while others crash and we're still standing, people would, would want to know what is your secret. Why you are still standing while we crash, while we collapse, while we bankrupt. Why are you still standing? They would want to know what's your secret and they will come to us to know. And if they come, we can give them the answer. It is none others than Jesus. His word give us the ability to stand strong in the middle of the storm. Because if we obey His word, we build our life on solid foundation. Yeah. So, let's build our life on God's word. Let's obey His word. Yeah. Yes, it's slower. Yes, it's harder. Yes, you need to put more effort. Yes, it's more expensive. It takes more time. But you will reap the benefit in due time. But if you live like more like Bina and you come today to church because you lack of something, you 
you crash, you collapse, and that you need a prayer, you still come to the right place. Because Jesus still does miracle for you. Yeah. He still does a miracle yeah. of restoration. But get this, the idea of Him giving us this parable is to move you from B to A. So, good. so if you get your miracle, if you get restored, if you already rebuilt your life, change the way you think. Change the way you live your life. Do not live like B anymore. Start to follow His Word. Start to obey His Word. Start to live on solid foundation. Then you will find the miracle of escape coming your way. Though 1,000 fail on your side, 10,000 fail on the other side, it will not come near you because Jesus is with you. God is with you. The miracle of escape is the one that you need. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. If anyone of you needed a miracle, needs a miracle, whether it's in the area of relationship, whether in the area of marriage, whether in the area of finances, or if you have sickness in your body, I believe that Jesus still does miracle. That He loves you and He wants to restore you. So wherever you are, if you need this kind of miracle, just put your hand, your one hand on your chest and let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for these people. Whatever miracles that they need, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will give it to them in the name of Jesus. Because we believe you still do miracles. We come in agreement because your word says two or three gather together in agreement. Ask anything in your name, you will give it to them. I ask in agreement with them whether they need a healing whether they need restoration, whether they need abundance, whether they need cancelling of that, whatever it is that they need, I pray that you will do your miracle upon their lives. Let it be a great testimony. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And I pray that we build our lives, continuing to build our lives upon your word upon a solid ground. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.